What's up, guys? Kevin Wagstaff here. Another episode of Spectora Spotlight. I have Wit and Alyssa, a home inspector and agent duo team on for only the second time. Uh, we haven't we haven't done this a ton, but I love this dynamic and hearing from a real high producing agent what works well, what doesn't, what she looks for, what made her eventually work with Wit. So many great stories in here. So make sure you listen to it all and Wit. Um, a great startup story and he's off to the races, a quick start. So it's always good hearing what these inspectors did um, and how they thought about growth and how professional they are and lots of good tidbits in here. So this one's chock full of info. Um, so I hope you enjoy it. And as always, guys, send me recommendations of people you want to hear from on the pod, guests you want to see on here. Um, and then I'm going to do a new thing where I'm going to wear uh, an inspector's shirt. Um, so if anyone has uh, their company shirt or swag that they want um, to get free promotion, send it to me um, and we'll make it happen. So just shoot me an email, um, kevininspector.com and we'll make it happen. Thanks guys. Enjoy. Well, cool. Well, thank you both for, for joining and uh, reaching out. I think Wit, right? Is that how we got yeah. in touch? I, I put out a open call and you were like, Hey, we'll do it. I work with an agent. That's amazing. She has a podcast. Um, so I'll just let each of you introduce yourselves for everybody. Um, and tell a little bit about who you are and, and uh, where you're at. Sure. You can go first. Sure. So my name is Alyssa Jenkins, and I am a realtor in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I've been doing real estate since 2011. So to, this is my 10-year anniversary this year. And we, I have the Hustle Humbly podcast, which has been around for almost two years now. So it's for agents of all kinds, but started out um, as just kind of to re-motivate and re-inspire agents that are new or agents that are seasoned that are getting burnt out. So I love it. I love the name. Uh, I'm going to check it out and listen to an episode. We'll, we'll definitely put it in the description for anyone that wants to check it out, but 10 years in the business and you got in at a good time. It's been like a 10 year bull mm -hmm. run, right? It's been yeah. a good 10 years in real estate. Mm -hmm. Right on. Wit, go ahead. All right, so uh, I actually started off uh, kind of in an odd way to get, get to be an inspector, but a lot of us did. I listened to a lot of your podcasts, so I'm very familiar with everybody's path. But I was long-term in uh, retail management. I had multiple stores, uh, a lot of employees, a lot of stress. Uh, and on the side, I always had house flips. So I did probably 15 or 20 houses where I flipped and did the work myself. Uh, a lot of construction background. I opened a uh, custom closet business and used to install custom closets. So that's where a lot of my background on the construction side came from. Uh, and then I became a realtor to better help myself flip houses because I hated calling my old agent and saying, hey, let's go look at 17 houses that are $80,000 a piece. <laughs> and I'm probably not gonna buy any of them. Yep. You know, might, might buy one. So that's why I became an agent. But through that, uh, I did end up representing a few buyers and went through the process of the inspection on that other side. Uh, and what I found was I was very unhappy with the service I received. I was very unhappy with uh, the knowledge on some. It was like I either got a young guy who knew nothing or I got an old guy who was so mad at the world that even though he knew a lot, it was, it was kind of a miserable experience for everybody. I'm like, this guy got paid $400 and he's pissed off at the world for an hour and a half. And uh, it, it was just, it, for me, it was just kind of an eye-opening thing where I saw an opportunity uh, to basically fill kind of a mid-gap of, okay, I know some stuff, but I also, I'm friendly and have customer service background. So I understood where that was. And now being with Spectora and seeing a lot of the guys that have similar mindsets, it's, it's been refreshing to say, okay, it's not everybody, you know, it's, it's it, a lot of people are like that. So 
that's where I came from. And I quickly, I've only been in business since uh, 2018 and uh, quickly have uh, filled my schedule quite a bit. Um, so I've, I've gone from my first year, I did 372 inspections. Uh, last year, I did 624. And uh, I'm on pace this year if I may, we maintain this crazy market to do over 700 this year. So it's been just constant growth. And right now, I basically have maxed out my schedule. Wow. Insane growth. That's a, it's an amazing story. And that's why I was pumped to have you on. That's funny. You mentioned the, the old curmudgeons and the new guys, cause that's like 90% of our industry yeah. uh, with you guys, with you, you know, your type sitting in the middle. Um, I will say, I love, love inspectors that have a atypical background than just the typical, Hey, I, I built homes and become a home inspector, nothing against them. But I think the diversity of experience you get doing other things, working with other people gives you such an advantage. I don't know. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second, but I love the dynamic of having, we've only had an agent and a home inspector on one time on the podcast. So yeah, tell me a little bit about how you all got connected and kind of what that dynamic and relationships like. I can actually kind of start. So interesting thing, uh, I've known Alyssa since before I was an inspector. I'm friends with her husband, okay? Um, she is actually the top agent, individual agent in our market, like the number one agent. Uh, so I was like, yes, I know her. She didn't use me for two years, um, so, which I actually appreciate. I, you know, at first, you know, you, you get you know, a little feelings hurt or whatever, but what I really respected about it once I learned more about the process myself is she was one loyal to the people that she had used for a long time. And it wasn't until I had inspected probably 15 of her listings, you know, and she saw my reports over and over again, where I finally got the call of, hey, can you do an inspection for me? And then, you know, we've developed a relationship since then. Not that I didn't know her before, but a professional relationship. And it's been, it's been really good in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, he had to, so he had to earn it, Alyssa, right? He had, to, he had to get his stripes in the business. Well, I just, like he said, there's so many new home inspectors all the time. And as a realtor, we are getting bombarded by lenders and title companies and inspectors. And it's just like, you don't want to just go in. I think too many realtors use the person that buys them lunch whether that's the lender or like just because they buy you lunch does not mean they're worthy of your business. And I actually, as an agent, decline lunches and coffee dates to people that are um, soliciting my business. Mm -hmm. And I just let them know, like, I really appreciate it, but I want you to use your marketing dollars elsewhere at this time. I don't have any openings on my vendor list, but if that changes, I'll call you and it's not going to matter if you buy me coffee. It's going to depend on how you conduct yourself as a professional. And um, if I have seen your work, if we have transactions together on the buying side, you know, so yeah, it just, and it's also hard to, um, I guess, deviate when you have the people that you um, are using regularly. Mm -hmm. And honestly, as we got, as the market got busier, and the home inspector that I was using the most just seemed to have scheduling conflicts um, more often than I would like. And it just never seemed like a convenient time. And so I realized like I need to add somebody else to my vendor list. And so that's when I had called WIT and um, it was just, it was a good change, you know, definitely something I needed at that time. So I love that. I have a follow-up question on that because I, I used to be an agent as well. So I understand um, kind of that dynamic, but never was as successful as you T talk a little bit just about what that barrage of like incoming emails and solicitations is like. So I think inspectors, you know, we all get self-centered, I think in terms of the way we're 
pitching what we do, right? Because we're always thinking as the service provider, oh, you should care about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Agents are really busy. You all get solicited from all angles. So most of it's not even going to get through the door to you, right? Unless they just completely do something that catches your attention. Right. My big thing too is like, I try to keep my email very clean because I don't want to lose something. So I don't ever want to have to click the next button. <laughs> the next, if it's on the next page of emails, like it's just gone. It's, it's gone. Like, you know? Yeah. It's like the second page of Google. Like no one looks there. It's, it's just gone forever. Right. Right. And so I, I'm constantly having to unsubscribe from newsletters in general, whether that's title companies, lenders, home inspectors, our board, the association, the amount of newsletters alone. Like if you don't unsubscribe, you'll wake up every morning with 45 new emails and it's just, you know, that. Um, And so I just try to keep, you know, that clean and when I do get the calls, I'm, I'm very respectful and appreciative and I admire the hustle. Like I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, don't call me. I'm just saying that I know that where I am in my business right now, I have my people and I would, I, I can't in good faith, like let you buy me lunch when I know I'm not going to send you business at this time and maybe ever, you know? So I just tell them like, I appreciate the call and um, that I would definitely have them on my list if I have an opening or if something changes, but that right now, you know, I'm good and use your marketing dollars where they would be well spent. But I quickly found out as a new agent, when I was a new agent, I wasn't getting that many calls. Nobody really knows about you. And then in 2012, I got like a rising star award or something at our realtor association. So that was kind of broadcasted. And it was like the next day, just like, Oh my gosh. And at first I didn't know what to do. So I was like going on all these, I didn't have kids at the time and I was going mm-hmm. on all these lunches and like, this is great. But then I was like, now I feel bad because after lunch, they're like expecting something. Like they're like, I took you to lunch. And I'm like, oh man, I probably shouldn't have gone to lunch because <laughs> like, I'm not going to use this person. So um, I do think that with time, you know, you just figure out and even when I was new, I had a home inspector that I like loved and used him a lot and he retired. And then I was, I, and the first thing I did when he retired was I sent a message to our realtor group who has a home inspectors they like and why. Uh-huh. And I got a few names and I used another guy for a couple years and I ended up feeling like, um, like, I don't know how to describe it. He got too casual, I think in Mm -hmm. some ways with just how he spoke to the clients and things like that. And it was like, I understand we're friends, but I still need you to be like on point at the home inspection. And I just started feeling like my buyers had a lot more questions that they were asking me. And I just got to the point where I wasn't, it wasn't working anymore. So then I went to the realtor group and said, who do you have? And then I got the next guy and um, that's used him for several years until he started like having scheduling conflicts, like all the time. So now like wits here. And so it's great. You know, it's like, you just kind of find what works for you in your season of life. But I also have, um, 
like he's not the only home inspector I use. Mm -hmm. So if I know that it's an older couple that, you know, maybe, I don't know, it kind of just depends. Like there is an older home inspector in our market that I really like, and he connects really well with the older couples. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like wit is a great match for like the people our age and like explains things easy. And so I do think it's important to match your home inspector with your client as well. So many good lessons in there. So for one inspectors, lunch does not equal business. It's, it's like when you pay for uh, Google ads, it's like, just because they click on your site, doesn't mean they're going to use you. You're not entitled to that. So it's like, um, that's probably an unhealthy attitude if they think that just automatically equals business. Cause it's not a, a pure pay to pay, pay to play, um, mm -hmm. type of relationship. Right. Um, and then I think new agents are what new inspectors should be going after because you're established, you have these relationships, you have great providers. It's just a waste of time, frankly, most of the mm -hmm. time, I think, um, you know, you can try it, but I I'd say new inspectors should not be going after that, um, as much. Mm -hmm. Um, Whit, I want to, I want to turn to you on this because I want to hear your mentality on approaching, you know, a friend, basically an acquaintance, um, and then maybe not getting to work with them right away. And kind of that, how you picked yourself back up after that and said, okay, cool. There's, you know, I can, I can focus my time in multiple places to get. Right. Well, so one of the things I did before I even got licensed, when I was doing my home inspection school with Nachi, uh, going through there, I actually sent a list of messages way back then and said, Hey, look, I'm studying to become a home inspector. What do you like to see? What do you, what do you want? What, what, do, what things make you refer a home inspector? And she wrote me a, a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, what was on that list? I'd have to go back and look. I don't know. <laughs> it's, been, it's been three years now, but, uh, you know, but it was mostly about communication and, uh, you know, obviously being thorough like everybody, but, you know, I think communication is the biggest key that everybody continues to go back to. If you can speak well, if you can talk to the clients, because the, the common misconception we always get is that agents don't want a good inspection. They just want the deal to close. Right. They know, you know, and you're an agent, you know, as well, if you get a bad home inspection, the agent's the first one getting a phone call. So mm -hmm. the majority of agents, at least successful agents do not want to get that phone call because they're not going to get the referrals beyond that. So it, it all boils down to having a good inspection, but you can have a great inspection that it has flaws in the house, but if it's how that inspector communicates it to them is what makes that different and makes it change. Um, but to get back to your question, you know, as far as that goes, I actually did, like you said, I targeted a lot of new agents when I uh, became an inspector. I, I, I talked to a lot of new agents, did every, you know, sort of new home buyer seminar I could do, uh, partnered with a title company and we do classes at, uh, at different real estate offices. Everything that I could do to get in front of new agents, I did. Um, and the number one referral piece for me has always been one agent to the next. You know, there's always agents are asking. We have a, a Facebook group local uh, with the realtors and they're always asking for a home inspector who has a great one. And if if you're one of the guys that comes up a lot, you know, you get a lot of business. And if you're one of the guys that's like, use anybody but this guy, <laughs> you're not going to get oh, a lot of business. Brutal. It, it, yeah, it is brutal. But I mean, it's, it's, it's true. I mean, it, and it absolutely does happen. And it's typically not the case of, oh, that guy's too thorough. It's that guy doesn't know how to speak to people um, or he's bad. But usually it's he doesn't know how to speak to people is the common theme. So I never let it really bother me, you know, as far as like people that I knew not using me or whatever. I just I just kept going after business that was available. And, you know, 
there's a lot of low hanging fruit out there because there's only so many great people in any position. So you don't have to be the best when you start. You just have to be better than the, uh, the, than the average and you can quickly grow your business. And, you know, once you show that you're consistent showing up on time, your reports being delivered the same day, which is easy with Victoria, of course, you know, you're doing all the things you're supposed to do and you're living up to your word. I mean, it just comes from there. I mean, everybody's always looking for somebody that can perform. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's such good advice. I, I want to also like highlight Alyssa, what you said in terms of, because it just, it struck something in my mind of a, that home inspector getting casual because the, the, I had an, I had the same exact thing where I would use an inspector and I just felt he wasn't bringing it with the client. It wasn't as buttoned up or professional and it's a bad look. Like it just feels unsettled. You feel like they don't come away from it knowing what they need to know. Um, and I think as our industry kind of evolves, certain home inspectors retire, the ones that maybe aren't as buttoned up or as professional or feeling like image matters, right? And I think the perception always matters. Um, is that, I mean, that has to be the main thing is how they communicate. So we get that. But I guess what I'm trying to say is what do you see over time changing with home inspectors? Like, you, you know, you've met Wit, you know, I've met Wit. He's a different type of home inspector than maybe was around 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. Um, I think that whenever I'm, so for example, say I'm like, I have a young couple. So, and I, they're first time home buyers. I think what would be a great fit? Well, those first time home buyers are going to bring their parents. So is he going to be a good fit with the parents and the whatever, you know, so it's just kind of like, you have to be able to communicate on all different levels. And it's funny because we have one, a home inspection this week. And I told, I tell him ahead of time, Hey, um, this one is going to have a dad. The dad is an engineer. <laughs> and this is what, this is how the dad is, you know, and I, and it's just nice. I like a heads up, you know, everybody wants it. I try to prepare, but I also try most times to get my clients to come towards the, the end of the home inspection. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. They usually want to be there the whole time so right. they can measure or do whatever. But I do try to plan it to where the first two hours he's there, he's alone, yeah. or maybe I'm there working on my computer. And then the last 30 minutes, the people that are coming come mm -hmm. at that time. Like I said, sometimes it's not going to work Wednesday, but sometimes it works. Yeah. Um, I think too, like for the previous home inspector that I used a lot that I was feeling had scheduling conflicts, for example, I always went through the website and picked the time that was available. Mm -hmm. I always got a follow-up email saying, could it be an hour earlier or an hour later or this? And I was just always like, why? I, it's on your website. Right. That time was available you know and then he made comments several times well you know I really just try not to work on Fridays and when he started saying that I just kind of was it let me know that's fine and I respect that if that is a boundary that you have for your business that hey you know what I'm at a place in life where I don't want to work Fridays I 100% am on board with boundaries and all of that but it lets me know I need a secondary home inspector that will work Fridays and what happens is you get that secondary home inspector and you're like well this is just way easier and better and now number one is number two and it's just like this is easier this way for me for my schedule 
That's a great. So it just kind of, it's not that I don't use that person anymore. I still think he's a great home inspector and I'm not dogging that he doesn't want to work Fridays. I think it's awesome, but I have to find someone that, you know, can accommodate those days. So. Yeah. That's the big shift we're seeing in the industry. I think right. it's the ones that are riding off into the sunset kind of casually doing their couple of days a week. And that, like you said, totally. Okay. Like that's a, a perfectly acceptable retirement plan. Um, but to the I agents also, that's out there hustling, yeah. that's tough. I also think there's such a parallel between new agents and new home inspectors. Mm -hmm. Like we see new agents all the time you know, and then there's, y'all see new home inspectors all the time. I think the barrier to entry to our profession is too low. I think it's too easy, um, which is why the real, do you happen to know the um, home inspector like fail rate? Because the realtor um, success ratio is that three out of 10 make it to year three. Three so out of 30, 10, year three. So okay. if 10 people get licensed, three people will still be realtors by year three. And I think that's because um, it's too easy to get your license. So they think, cool, I'm going to get licensed. And then they get licensed and they go, oh, wait, I'm not making money. Like I thought I was going to make money, you know, and then they fizzle. Yep. Um, but also just like they're so quick to get licensed, but not do a lot of follow-up training and certifications and same thing that y'all see. And it's just this, this cycle that I would love to see broken at some point, but. Yeah. I don't know what the answer is. I know each state, you know, has different standards and, and rules and laws around it, but yeah, with home inspectors, it's like a third to half every year churn out of the okay. churn out of the business. So it's, it's pretty extreme. Right. Um, and so wait, I don't know if you can speak to not wanting that revolving door almost with who you do business with. I think relationships obviously with with folks like Alyssa are great because there's stability there there's staying power right. um so it's kind of like how do you balance and think of that mix of where your business comes from well for me I, I developed a lot of relationships early on um with people like as strong as I could because I, I worked in a job previously where I had a horrible boss I hated my job never was complimented never had a good time and I worked there 20 years you know it was oh. just so you know, I hope she watches this. And you um, still got great hair. That's amazing. You came out of it with great hair still. So, <laughs> still got hair. Um, so you know, she, she was just horrible. So I, what I wanted when I started off on this is I wanted to have those relationships where I could one, be respected and appreciated at the job. So I put everything into every, everybody that I met, whether you were new or not, I didn't approach people like Alyssa and say, oh, I want you, I need, I need your business because you're great and you do a lot of business. I treated everybody like they were gold from the jump. So if you did one or two deals a year, you had the same treatment that Alyssa gets. You know, I answer my phone every time, I respond to every text. You know, if you're on a showing and you want to send me a picture of a air conditioner and want to know the age for your client, I'm responding to that even if you send me two deals a year. I don't care. That's, that's the way I would treat everyone. So I really enjoy having those strong relationships with people, but you can tell the people that are not going to last long in the business really quickly. I mean, we're on either side because there's a lot of people that, you know, have no business being in any job, much less uh, dealing with a $500,000 transaction. <laughs> yeah. So and we all know those people. So you, you, you put your time and effort into the people that are good people and it'll work itself out from there because they, they have the, the best, 
best intentions on their transaction, they have the best intentions for their client. And you know, even if they're not going to last in the business, they're doing the right thing. So you just do the right thing by them and it works out as far as long-term relationship goes. And I've had people that are already out of the business that send me work, uh, you know, mm-hmm. because they're, they're still, they have friends buying houses and things like that. So it's never a waste of time to invest in those relationships. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so tough in this day and age. I think it's just part of our like society and culture now, but also new inspectors wanting the quick ramp up and right. it's just like relationship building, right? It's like any relationship. You can't fast forward it in a month. And you have to be genuine. Mm-hmm. If you're not genuine, it's going to show. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. They think, oh, I can read this book on communication and now I'm going to learn how to communicate with people. Well, you're either good at communicating with people or you're not. You can help those skills and learn where you're weak, but you can't just magically click your heels and learn how to build relationships with people. If you're not that person that can go in dry and meet people and leave with friends, then it's a lot harder. It it really is. And I think that's why like there's so many agents out there that want to pay thousands of dollars a month for leads. And because that's, it seems quick and it's um, immediate satisfaction that they're coming in your email, not immediate satisfaction that you close them because we all know how long it takes to actually close them. And I think that they prefer that method over just repeat and referral business because relationships take time. And like Whit said, you know, he became a home inspector in 2018 and this is like our first school year working together but also when when it came time where I needed to add someone and I asked his name came up the most and I was like oh well that's good he must be doing good you know he's he's gotten all these agents that trust him now and he's got like a reputation and so then I felt comfortable because he'd been vetted and because the last thing I want to do is tell my client hey this home inspector's coming he's new i'm just gonna let you be i'm gonna let you be the guinea pig and we're gonna see how this goes and you're gonna pay him you know like i feel like it's my job to make sure that he's vetted and like even now when i have a client ask me um for a recommendation for a home inspector sending him to the website and being like these are his reviews and you make the decision for yourself because of course there is liability with saying like use this guy only but if you can refer them and let them and say if it looks good to you let me know and i'll schedule it if not let me know and i'll you know send you others to research but i like how you mentioned um at one point that you went after the business that was available like you didn't right. force, like if I had a home inspector at that time, you weren't constantly like, hey, Alyssa, hey, Alyssa, no. hey, Alyssa, hey, because that's like, guess what? I'm not going to work with you. Like it's not going to work ever. Yeah. Um, and I kind of went through that as a new agent. Like when I was new, I had friends and family members not use me. And, you know, as a new agent that really needed the business, I was like, oh. Gosh, this is terrible. Yeah. yeah. And then by year five, like I can remember several instances where family or friends bought houses like my year one or two. And I was just so sad. I hadn't really gotten like tough yet. Mm-hmm. I hadn't been <laughs> strengthened by the business. But then my year five and six, those people were calling me to sell that house and help them buy house number two. And I remember thinking, wow, I thought you didn't like me because <laughs> you didn't use me. But it was just the fact 
fact that I was new and they already had someone and everybody knows somebody that's an agent. I mean, there's 3000 of us just in our city. So it was neat to see that if you're persevering and if you are a home inspector, that's going to be here, this is your career and you're going to be here for the long run each year will naturally multiply um, just because people see, oh, wow, Wit is doing great. I remember when he told me he was, you know, going to start that business and um, now he's still here three years later and he has all these agents recommending him. So that was important to me, you know, but it was funny too. I've, I've had that feeling before of why didn't they use me, you know, and then it comes back around. Yeah. It's a very personal, intimate transaction. Right. And so I, I think I felt hurt too. And it's just like a, a good friend didn't. And I was like, what? I thought that was like a certainty. Um, but there is a staying power. There's a patience you have to have, I think in both of these businesses with um, hanging around and having good habits and it plays out. And I think I always used to say to myself, people can like smell the desperation when you like, when you need that commission, like to pay mortgage or rent, or you need those home inspections they smell it on you and it almost is a turnoff, right? And no one wants to work with that. And so I, I don't know how you get rid of that early on if you truly are. I think it's maybe how you how you prepare to get into a line of work, maybe with your okay. personal runway and, and finances. But yeah, to not need it, but to want it <laughs> is a- And I appreciate like there are times where our, like in our 10 day inspection period, especially in this market right now, where our schedules don't always match up. And I'll say like, no worries. I'll catch you next time. And that's okay. Yeah. Like he's fine with it. I'm fine with it. But there are, I have had situations where I've like tagged a, a, another inspector or something. And the other inspector gets like hurt feelings and like comments on it. And I'm like, Oh no, no, no. Like we're not, it's just not, you know, I don't like all that. So when that starts happening, I just feel like, okay, well, you know, we need to maybe move on from this. I don't like that. That's a good, no, that's such a good point. I want to highlight that too, of like how you react to not getting a job can say so much, say so much more about you, right? As an right. inspector. And so I think, I think every inspector needs to check themselves and think about their confidence in their business and understand that you're not the only one. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> I've had people that will reach out from another inspector's inspection and say, Hey, look, he said this, what do you think? Oh man. And you know, that's kind of an awkward situation to be put in, but it is always nice to know that you're the first choice that they're wanting your opinion on it. Uh, and you know, it's not a bad thing, like to be their first reference and the, the person they're calling. Like I have uh, several agents that will always text me from showings with pictures of certain defects or problems. They're like, Hey, do you think this is this? Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's an underutilized thing, especially when you're a new agent, you don't want to get your client into a situation where they're paying for an inspection that could have just been skipped. Mm -hmm. Why put in an offer on a house where we know the roof is 30 years old, the listing agent saying, look, we're not paying anything for a roof. We're not going to replace this air conditioner. We're not going to do any of these things. Let's go ahead and get the client in the know before they even book that inspection so they can make that decision then. There's no reason to go through an inspection with a 25-year-old, 30-year-old roof that is uninsurable if everyone knows it ahead of time. Right. So that And that's something that I do. We have a really good class we call uh, Avoiding the Headache in the Real Estate Transaction. It's with, uh, I partner with a title company, a mortgage and an insurance person, uh, and we go teach at different brokerages. And what we do is we my portion, a lot of it is teaching the agent like, hey, look, these are the things you can look for to avoid these 
wasted time because it wastes everyone's time. It takes the property off the market. It costs the client money paying me for an inspection that's going to be thrown in the trash. The agent's held up. Everything's held up. So let's avoid those and let's figure out, you know, the real issues that are not observable from everyone's disclosure statements and just walking around the house. So it's been very helpful for, I think, a lot of people and just getting that education because the other, beyond that, the other thing I always tell them is you need an inspector that you can call on the phone or text about questions with the problem on the house. And it can't be me. It's not always going to be me. Not everybody's going to click with me. I'm not going to be the relationship you need, but you need to find your inspector that it can be. And once you realize the power of that relationship, when you, when you uh, leverage uh, getting help during your transaction, you can really grow your business as an agent because you need a lender like that. You need a title company like that. And you need an inspector like that. If you don't have those things that can help you through the transaction, you know, I've only managed three real estate transactions at once as an agent. And I was about to pull my hair out. Like, <laughs> it, it's, it's a lot. And you know, when you have somebody doing like 20, I don't know how it functions. So again, I never had those affiliates that could help me with the process. Cause I didn't really know what I was doing. You know, I wasn't a good agent. I'll write that down. But, uh, the, you know, knowing, knowing how to leverage your affiliates is huge and being that person for them will always bring it back to you. Mm-hmm. And you just talked about providing genuine value, like not wanting to waste the agent's time, the listing agent's time, selflessly right. doing that for like unpaid work sometimes, which is, right. amazing. and that's how you get the paid work, the irony. Of exactly. And I think it's short-sighted to always look at what's paid. I'm not being paid for that. I'm not being paid right. for that. The work is coming. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. as busy as I can be. I don't, I don't really always think about, you know, what money is coming where. I'll give you an example. Like this weekend, I, was it this weekend? I did an inspection. It was actually on her listing. Uh, the gas was turned off. I don't really, you know, that's one of those things a lot of guys will throw a fit over and they're trying to, you know, charge like double the money. You know, my thing is if the listing agent will give me permission to go run back out there and go check it on my own and I don't have to block out a huge time and make an appointment, have other agents come, I'll just go do it. Uh, and it's not a big deal. It takes, you know, 30 minutes in between inspections, you know, uh, and it gives me a place to rest for a minute too, usually too. But as long as I can fit it in, I'll do it. And that alone, doing that for listing agents that weren't my, uh, you know, partners has gotten me a lot of business okay. just by being willing to work with them, not throwing a fit over 50 bucks or hundred bucks. And it's, it's amazing what it's done, you know, for me. Mm-hmm. Amazing what being likable gets you. Since yeah, likable and yeah, likeable. Somebody, there was a new guy on one of the Facebook groups posted the other day, and he said something about asking for advice and why do people fail and others don't or whatever. I said a lot of people are not likable and they don't have the self awareness to understand that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely, um, that's those are some good tidbits. Alyssa, I want to I want to ask you kind of the main question I wanted I thought about when you were going to come on is your perspective on just the home inspection in general. We touched on it early on in terms of the the typical perception that home inspectors have of agents, which is totally not fair, is that they just hate it. They think it's going to kill the deal. Could you elaborate a little just on how you approach it in terms of what it means for your mutual client? Um, you know, a good report versus bad report, just how you view it. Because I think it's it's a very misunderstood thing and there's there's different camps of agents. Sure. There's old school agents, there's new school agents, right? Yeah. I feel like there's not, there shouldn't be an opinion. I feel like it should just be, it's like a factual thing. Yeah, it is what it is, yeah. This is the age of the roof. One inspector is not going to say, (laughs) 
like to me, it's very factual, which is why delivery is so important because we're all seeing the same house and the AC is the age that it is, but how are you delivering it? And, and I'm okay if you say, I think it's going to go out next week. I'm not going to be like, well, that inspector was an alarmist. I'm going to like appreciate that. You know, if you saw issues, we need to know about it because you're right. Like lying or fudging the truth on a home inspection does not help me. It's not a favor. It's not, you know, we need to know the truth. And I'll also appreciate like recommendations like, okay, this is kind of a problem. However, it can be fixed by calling a plumber who can do this or do that. Like, and then the clients are kind of like, oh, okay, okay. Like there's a solution. It, it can, there's a solution. Right. Great. You know, and not saying that like you have to provide all the solutions, but I just think it's helpful to let them know it's not the end of the world. And I tell my clients, look, we just got done with the really exciting part of writing an offer on the house that you love. And we have someone that's about to come tell you everything that's wrong <laughs> with the biggest financial decision you're ever going to make in your life. Very sobering. So just prepare, you know, and I tell them too, the point of a home inspection is not to make an old house new. It's to check for safety issues and make sure that the house is safe for you. Um, and I was telling Whit earlier, I also draft my repair requests. So I do not tell my clients, here's the report. Let me know what you want me to ask for, because Lord knows that has bitten me too many times. And then it looks like you're not serving your client when you're like, actually, we shouldn't ask for these 13 items because they're cosmetic or whatever the case may be. Um, I think on the realtor side of it, client management is just so important and us setting the proper expectations for y'all to walk into. So they're not expecting right. some false, you know, idea that they have in their head about what's going to happen. Great advice. Um, I just think all of that is super important. I think the home inspection, I recommend it on every house, new construction, not new construction. Um, and also like if there's something we know ahead of time, getting the specialist out there. So like we have a home inspection next week where the house was pending and fell through because they were trying to negotiate a new roof. Insurance declined the roof. So the buyers walked away. Now my buyers are buying this house. So I say, guys, if you want, like this is when our home inspection is, we have a three hour window. If you want to get your roofer there to give you a price on a new roof, this might be something we're looking at. Um, so yeah, I mean, as an agent, I think the home inspection is vital to the, the process. I want the truth, whether it's the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, and also just the format of the report is so important. There's actually a home inspector in town that I love. Like he's just, every time I talk to him, I'm, I'm like, I wish I could use you, but I hate your report. I can't read it. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to read it. It's too busy and there's too much stuff and I can't ever read it, you know? Music um, my ears. Yeah. So it just goes to show that those are the things that, you know, it needs to be like very factual, you know, non-emotional. This is what it is. We can get through it if you want to get through it. If you don't want to get through it, we can cancel the contract. You know, 
just trying to keep everybody level-headed i think is the big thing right you, you picked out like to me the golden kind of line there of like putting things in context or giving a solution because i think i used an inspector here locally actually for this house that i'm in and he drove me nuts on I, like i was an agent buying this house and i would ask him like okay how serious is that or what are we thinking with that and he would like repeat this canned line of like I recommend you contact a qualified professional for yeah. evaluation. I'm like, I'm like, dude, you're being a robot right now. I'm like, yeah. I want to kick you out right now. This is ridiculous. Now, that's where uh, long-term uh, flipping houses and paying for all the things and being able to do them. I usually have worked on pretty much everything in a house. So I do have some reference to it. I'm not putting in my report on how to repair an item because, and you know, you always have to describe it and say, Hey, look, from what I can see, this is what needs to be done. But when you open it up, you never know what you're going to find. You know, everybody knows that the common disclaimer, but being able to help them learn what it takes to replace the drywall piece of tape that's coming off, you know, even as much as that, they don't know if it's a foundation crack or if it's just, you know, simple drywall mud or do you have to rip the seam off? What do you have to do? They don't have any idea. And I think a lot of people get offended by it. Why is he at, or why are they asking me how to do this? Because they don't know. They, you know, they're buying a house that they just have no idea what to do with. And I'm pointing out a lot of defects that they've lived around their whole life and have no idea how serious they are, what, what needs to be done, what can happen if you don't do anything. You know, you really have to lay that out for them during your walkthrough. And, you know, it's, as far as a loose toilet goes, you know, we have a loose toilet in every house. What does that entail? Mm -hmm. You know, what all needs to happen with a loose toilet? And I don't think that can be undervalued when you're laying that out to the client. And that's why, you know, if you look at my Google reviews, it'll say a lot of stuff about that. Like he's very helpful in the description. And, you know, even after the fact, when you move in, they have, you know, the same issues. Hey, you told me about this, but what do I do on it? You know, and I tell them every time, even after you move in, call me if you have a question. Because okay. the last thing I want is them to be upset with, I don't think he knew this, or I don't think he did this. Well, I can show them the report where it was, or, you know, if, if it was even an issue then or whatever. And then I can walk them through the solution and it stops an angry person really quick or it makes them feel better about the service. They're paying a lot of money for the inspection. You know, I'm not exactly the cheapest guy in town. So it, it's, it's important that they get that value. And I think they, they, that value extends past the time I leave the driver. When you put it like that, that's why I believe home inspections are still undervalued and that the average price nationally is still too low. Because when you have all that knowledge and you share it and then it happens, then it continues after they move in, right to me that's like that's a thousand dollars worth of value in my mind well yeah. if you're doing 700 home inspections a year and you have 700 families texting you after they move in i mean yeah it is a lot i mean but that's a lot they don't all, they don't all call afterwards you know luckily yeah. luckily we're in a, we're in an area where we do have a lot of newer construction so we don't have as many issues as i know some guys are like there's no way you can do that many inspections well i'm not doing 1930s houses with basements and other right. stuff you know we do have some older houses but the majority of our homes are 15 years old or less a lot of the time so what's the breakdown this ties into this because i i i do want to see a future where the home inspector continues to be involved and kind of consults kind of as in a way in a sense for for millennial homeowners is your guys's market an area what's the breakdown of millennials versus other age groups is it is it follow the national averages where it's younger and younger and no less yeah, and less. You know, our area is mostly uh, petrochemical based as far as our industry goes. So we do get a lot of transplants in, but they usually come in a little bit older than, you know, okay. the college age, but it's, it's probably pretty national average. Our, our overall growth rate has been pretty steady for a while now. 
Yeah. But I mean, of course, our real estate market lately is insane, just like everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I keep up with the, the state figures on home inspections. One thing that we get in Louisiana is we get a breakdown of how many home inspections were conducted each month by mm-hmm. each, each inspector. So it's really nice for me to break down and figure out where I stand, uh, one, uh, statewide, and then two, like, is my business growing or shrinking with the market or am I getting more market share? What, it, what is it? So it's, I really enjoy that piece. Uh, but the we state provides that? Yeah, we have to register each inspection we do with the state and wow. pay more dollars for each That's one. That's amazing. But they keep uh, they keep stats for that. So it's it's kind of nice for me to be able to pull up and say, yeah. okay, this is where I rank as an inspector. Uh, like last year, I was number two in the state in terms of total number of inspections complete. Uh, and that's not including the people that report as a group, like kind of like real estate teams, you know, how they report as a mm-hmm. single team. Like Alyssa's the number one individual agent last year. She wasn't the number one team, right? right. Same deal. Uh, you know, they do have some, some groups, but for me, it's really nice to be able to measure my success versus the total inspection number in the state. I wish it was localized. And I mean, I guess I could break it down if I really wanted to, but uh, you know, it, it helps me a lot figure out my metrics on oh, what's that data. And then just the yeah. whole, most people like seeing a leaderboard, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, the Peloton stuff that, you know, that everyone likes seeing where they rank against. Other yeah. You get competitive for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, Okay, so the millennial trend maybe not as you know present in your market, but are you finding that homeowners are getting more knowledgeable about the home and the inner workings of it, or less? No, no. Less. <laughs> what I have found about our millennials um, is that they love the charming mid-city South Downs area where you can walk to restaurants, but that is our oldest house, <laughs> and so. I will say I sell the most older houses to the youngest people and they move the fastest. The moment that they have a kid in that house or get through their first winter in a pier and bean house or get through their first summer in a pier and bean house and floors are cupping and settling and cuffing. They're like, get me out of here. You know, (laughs) I thought it was cute, but I'm ready for something new. But also when the parents come to the home inspection on a old pier and bean house and they're like, you're paying what for this house that's like leaning and you know, it's like, (laughs) Oh, it's just, it's fine though. It's stable, you know, but, um, it seems like, you know, of course, anytime you're working with millennials, younger first time home buyers that have never lived in a house before, it comes with a lot more coaching and teaching and hand holding and like getting it's I would say it's the hardest business to get through the home inspection process with. Right. And it's the majority of the business that I do. Just I'm 32. And so the majority of my clients are started out that way, you know. Yeah. But um yeah, it, should, it just takes more patience, really having like the heart of a teacher to get them through it. And I, have a real talk, I have a real talk with them on those houses too, because yeah. I'm like, all right, you grew up in your parents' 10 year old house. You know, you've never experienced uh, any of the issues you hear. You have 60 year old cast iron pipes, you know, you have galvanized water pipes, you have all these things that can be huge chunks of money and you just need to be prepared for it. And I think having somebody sit them down and give them the real talk on not even necessarily defects, but like these are the things that are going to cost you money coming up in the next five years. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is helpful for them. And 
unfortunately for some, they decide not to go that way and go to a newer house. But I always say it's, you're, you're better off if they make that determination based on actual facts rather than uh, just, oh, we like to be able to walk to a restaurant. You know, that's it's it's not a good way to choose a house. Right. But that seems like the right way. <laughs> seems like it. I actually have an inspection report on an old pier and bean house that I sold like five years ago. And it's the perfect example of like everything that could have happened. Like every item had an issue. I like we there at some point there was an attic fire. We didn't know that until the home inspector went through the little square hole and found oh, out. Man. And then like there was foundation issues, microbial growth under the home. There was plumbing issues. There was not into everything, everything that an old house could have was in this house. And I was shocked because it was cosmetically renovated. So I just didn't see signs of the inner workings of the wall. I wasn't expecting it. But whenever I have first time home buyers that tell me that's the area they want, I tell them before we even start looking at houses, I love that area. Oh my gosh, it, it appreciates so well. It's always held its value. I love that you can walk all these places. Let me share a home inspection report with you on one that I had, just because I want you to know that like these are potential things that could come up when you're buying a house that's 100 years old. Um, and I let them look at that report that we've had forever. And it just kind of lets them, then when they get to their home inspection, looks good. it looks pretty good. They're like, oh, so we don't have knob and tube wiring in this house. And I'm like, nope. And they're, you know, just, it's just all about what preparing them for what they're going into. Expectations. It's yeah. like, you know, those DIY and flipping shows, it's not that it's never that easy. They just show you the highlights on those shows. It's not, you're not going to do that. Um, what, I, we got a few minutes here. I want to, I'm curious. I want to ask you, wait, like what kind of questions do those types of buyers, you, do they, do they want like specific costs from you? Like, how are they different? Do they just want the solution? Cause I can so, very much see millennials just saying like, well, what do I do? Can you just that, that's absolutely it. It's so what do I do? How much is that going to cost me? What does it mean? Cause the large majority, we have uh, some very uh, expansive soil here. So we get a lot of movement on those pier and beam houses in there. They just throw the, uh, the old piers on the ground, basically. So there's a ton of movement. Pretty much everyone needs some sort of foundation work. So we always start from there and then just go up through the systems. And it really it varies depending on how much updating was done or if it was done properly. Um, but they always just want to know cost and who, who would they call. That's pretty much the, the grand scheme of it. What all, what all is involved? You know, if there is knob and tube, it's how dangerous is knob and tube? Can we live with it for five years? You know, that's, that's always the thing. Can we put this off or do we have to do it today? Because mm -hmm. they want to know what, what's going to cost me money. Because mm -hmm. unfortunately, they usually don't have a lot of money to spend on the right. repairs. Mm -hmm. That's the, the down pay after offering 50 grand over less price or whatever. Yeah. The markets yeah. where they have to just give everything and go in debt even yeah. more to do that. Right. I have a question for y'all um, that I'm always curious about. And I, I like to ask this to the lenders and the title companies as well. I feel like I'm an advocate for our affiliates because I'm like, don't abuse the affiliates. Like be nice to them and don't eat their free lunch and not use them. But if y'all had to like, like what makes it easy for y'all? Like when you have a good agent that you want to work with, like what are some of the things that agents can do to help you and to help your job? as a home inspector? Well, so for me, it's it's about setting up the expectations in the beginning, you know, whether it be uh, 
this is the things that he's going to look at. This is what he's going to say. And we're not getting everything. You know, I think them understanding that you're not going to get every single thing fixed, even if he says it has to be fixed, that that seller is not required to fix, especially in right now's market. Mm -hmm. The sellers are doing almost nothing. Right. So it's really important that they understand that going ahead so they're not mad about it. But then also understand what we don't do. You know, if it's paint, if it's, uh, you know, cosmetic issues or whatever, and understanding that that's not part of the inspection process and the importance of what we are looking at. So for me, it's that and then just uh, general communication on, you know, what kind of house am I getting into, mm-hmm. do, you know, so I can schedule better. Am I getting into a complete dump or am I getting into a five-year-old house that is going to take me uh, no time? You know, that's, that's really a, a good thing to know going ahead. So it helps me build my schedule out. Right. Uh, so it's all, it's the same thing, communication. You know, if they communicate with me, then I can better communicate back. Well, a lot. So some agents attend and some agents don't attend. Have you all experienced, like, is that pros and cons of attending, not attending home inspections with their yeah, wait, what do you What do you think? I, I, I actually prefer uh, it's everybody attend. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's like, again, it's better if they're at the end, of course, because then you can just go about your business in the beginning. But one, if they come to the inspection, I'm 90% more likely to get a Google review and I really thrive on those because one, it brings in tons of business and anybody not uh, using that and utilizing, uh, you know, getting Google reviews, uh, they're making a huge business mistake. Uh, it's, it's, I can't tell you how many people I, that even if Alyssa recommends me, they go check me out and then they see my Google reviews right. and then they say, okay, he's great. Let's use it. But if you don't have that out there, and I have people where they say, hey, they gave me three names, and you were the third one, but you're the only guy that exists online. (laughs) Like, none of the other ones, they don't have a website, or they don't have any Google reviews or whatever. And, you know, they're old enough where their business is probably still there for them. But it's never going to be what you want it to be if you don't focus on that piece. But, um, you know, I like everybody to come because it gets everybody on the same page. So when you go through that stuff, there's no... Hey, he didn't talk about this. He, what did he say about that? Everybody was there for it. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably because, eliminates those late night phone calls. Absolutely. Oh. Eliminates, eliminates the calls, eliminates a lot of the stress involved if everybody is there to hear it. Because when you just read the report, mm-hmm. it looks horrible. Mm-hmm. Every house looks like it's falling down. And if, if you've never seen a home inspection report, you're like, 45 defects <laughs> in this house. It's yep. five years old. What's going on? And, and being able to describe it to them and walk them through it changes their whole mindset on the thing. And it also, for a new agent, you know, that new agent has no idea what they're doing with their report either. They're freaking out the same as the buyer. Right. So you, you basically can take them and train them through the process and show them what an inspection is, which are the things they need to make sure they get for their client, and which things they can, uh, you know, kind of push down the road or have their client, you know, take care of later on. Mm-hmm. I think that should be a whole topic for every single home inspector that feels qualified to communicate about this is how to set expectations prior to the home inspection. Cause you're right. It's like the, you see that number and if they don't know how to communicate that and say, Hey, it's not as bad as it seems. Look, a lot of these are a trip to home Depot, 20 bucks right. here and there. Like if agents do that, that's to me, it's like makes them an amazing partner. Yeah. Sorry. I have some agents that were builders and other things and, their knowledge of the inspection process is, uh, you know, probably as deep as mine. So they're always good to work with too, because they can really set the standards early on. Mm-hmm. I just wish as an agent, I 
read what a standards of practice was and read exactly what you, you know, like I was clueless. I was just like, I look back, I was like, uh, I'm glad I'm not an agent anymore. Cause I was not a good, I probably wasn't as good as I could have been. I just was, I said the same thing. I've learned more from real estate as an inspector than I ever did. Yeah. <laughs> but to kind of coach people through that, you know, cause it, I look thinking back, it was scary as hell, but it's like, if I had the ammunition to say, Hey, he's going to check these major areas. He's not going to catch everything. Just what I know now, of course, at being, you know, in the business, but Alyssa, all, all stuff I'm sure you do well, obviously, with where you're at and, and all you've accomplished. But um, guys, we're at an hour. I really loved this. I think it's going to be one of our most popular episodes because of this dynamic and, and the things we drilled into. Um, anything we didn't talk about that you guys want to get out there or any anything about the dynamic or that agents are kind of seeing on their end that, that you think would be helpful, Alyssa? I feel like we covered a lot of it. I, I feel like we could talk for another hour, but I feel like we covered everything that I was wanting to hit the highlights and also just encouraging the realtor and the home inspector to realize like we are on the same team and we all want the same things. And just like there's good and bad realtors, there's good and bad home inspectors and just finding the ones that you want to work with you know, will keep you from burning out and keep you thriving in your business. And for me, I'll just say, uh, you know, every new inspector out there, they need to be careful of who they listen to online because there is so much negativity on the inspector groups and Facebook. And if you read those guys, you would think that every agent is an evil person and they're just, they're out to just sell a house and shove it right down somebody's throat. And if you go in with that attitude, one, you're never going to make it in business. Mm -hmm. But two, you're doing your client a disservice because your client can get the best out of the situation by everybody being on the same team and wanting the best for that client. Mm -hmm. If everybody wants them to have the best house, find out all the defects and know what to deal, they're dealing with, they're, everyone's better off for it. And I, I think that's one of those, those mindsets that you go into. And don't get me wrong, I've had a few agents that I don't answer the phone for anymore that I feel are that way. And that's the joy of being in my position in business. I work with who I want to work with, but those people that I work with, they're all in it for their client. I mean, they're not going to sell them a bad house. So there's a lot of them like that. It's not just Alyssa. There's, you know, probably 200 plus agents on my, uh, my spectral contacts or more, but that I work with pretty regular and they're all good. I mean, and, and I think that's one of those things that, that people just get that mindset of they're not using me because I'm too good. That's usually not the case. I, I really don't think that's the case. Mm -hmm. I love each of you, what you bring, like you both elevate the industry. And I think that's why this, this episode is going to be so great is because I think people hear these things. Like you said, people that just live in the forums and just get that negative perception. Right. Um, they get to see what true like first-class operators are like. And so um, thank you. This has been great. I'm going to drop both, both of your websites, information in the description for anyone um, if they are local to your area that want to get in touch and have a chat about anything um, or maybe get coffee if you guys are, if you guys are <laughs> available, but, um, but thanks for taking the time to do this. This is yeah, great. Thanks for Thank you. Thanks for having us. This again, maybe we'll do another like state of the market kind of thing because we get three unique perspectives from like the agent home inspector and then like the tech side. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks. Thank y'all.